Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat, we're going to talk about the weird and wonderful organ that is the human brain and how our biology impacts the ways we work. The inner workings of the brain are a mystery to most of us, but not to today's guest. Oh, no. My guest this time is the awesome, wonderful, fabulous Brit Andriata, PhD, author, speaker and chief executive officer at the Seventh Mind Inc. Dr. Brit is an internationally recognized thought leader who creates brain science-based solutions for today's challenges. She draws on her unique background in leadership, in neuroscience, psychology, and education to unlock the best in people and in organizations. She has over 25 years of experience consulting with executives of all types of organizations. A highly sought-after engaging speaker, Britt delivered a TEDx talk called How Your Past Hijacks Your Future. And she regularly speaks at corporate events and international conferences, receiving rave reviews like best speaker of the conference. Uh, she's She served as the chief learning officer for, for Lynda.com and senior learning consultant for global leadership and talent development at LinkedIn. Brit, it's my honor to welcome you to the show today. Thank you, Bill. I'm excited to connect with you and your listeners. So that was a fairly lengthy intro. So my first question for you, I reckon, will be, Uh, fairly easy. Please introduce yourself, but uh, do so in 60 seconds or less. Okay, well, your intro hit a lot of my main elements. I would add that I have written three books on the brain science of success, one on learning, one on change, and one on teams. I do a lot of consulting with Fortune 100 and 500 companies on leadership development and learning strategy. So I really like to work at the intersection of those two things. And recently, there's been a lot of demand for brain-based training solutions that my company now produces. So we certify people in these models and they roll it out in their organizations or with their clients. During the the depths of the pandemic, Britt, you, you wrote an article on LinkedIn about the power of gratitude. In it, you write, how do we come up for air to create moments of joy and thanks inside our new realities as we continue adapting to a rapidly shifting world? How do we find stability and peace within ourselves? The key is gratitude. It turns out gratitude is a simple but powerful practice during these uncertain times, not only because it feels good, but because it is a proven way to manage distressing events. So my question for you is, how have you embraced gratitude in your life to fight through adversity and tough times? Thank you for the question. You know, I came to the practice of gratitude uh, in my 30s when I was struck by absolutely crippling panic attacks and I became an agoraphobe who couldn't leave my house. So that launched me into therapy where I discovered that a lot of years of childhood abuse was coming to the surface. And that was a dark and gnarly time as I was processing a lot of those memories and experiences. But what I learned during that process was, you know, emotional self-regulation and gratitude is one of those practices that even we're in, you know, the throes of fear or anxiety, if we can shift to thinking about some things that we're truly grateful for, it can really calm the body down and kind of take us out of that anxious state. So for me, you know, I've, I've continued to kind of build that into my own life, but I also like sharing the research on it with others because it's just such a mind-blowing set of tools. That gratitude along with the mindfulness practice are really kind of the the keys to balancing our natural 
you know, we're really, you know, a species that can worry a lot and, and we're designed to think the worst that could happen and predict worst case scenarios because it's part of our survival mechanism. And in today's world where the news is 24-7 and our phones can <laughs> keep us hooked for hours on end, I find that having mindfulness and gratitude are just so core to survive, not only surviving in a sense of, you know, calm and peace, but also finding some happiness and joy. The IntelliHR Performance Summits consider the science of high-performing teams in both pro sports and in business. The virtual events are designed for folks just like you, HR pros, talent execs, and business leaders looking to discover new ways to empower their teams to reach their maximum potential. Get your free tickets at IntelliHR.com forward slash Performance Summit 2021. Can you share some of the latest discoveries about the brain I'm not quite sure how better to word that, really, because you're the expert, not me, about the brain and how to harness human biology to reduce resistance to to change and change fatigue. Great question. I mean, I think it starts with acknowledging that we are designed as a species to say to see change as potentially dangerous. So this is part of our survival mechanism and anything that changes in your environment, a loud sound, a smell of fire smoke, an announcement from your CEO, all of those things can be signs of potential danger um, where things could go badly for us. So we are designed to see them in a negative light and to, to go into worry until we get enough information that we can start to see what could be positive about it. Um, If we get more transparent communication from our leaders, for example, and and it's not something that we just flip the switch overnight. It's a process where we, we settle more and more and more and eventually become open to change. So one of the things that I like to teach leaders is, first of all, this is natural and human. (laughs) You know, people are not being difficult. They're just being human. But when you understand the biology of it, you can do a much better job designing change. You can communicate it and announce it better. There's lots of things leaders can do that ultimately can help people move through that natural resistance more quickly and get on board so that the change is more successful. Um, We also can do a lot to acknowledge progress and effort as people are moving through the change and giving people training so that they can develop the new habits and skills and behaviors they need to live that change when, when, once it arrives. Um, And then on change fatigue, you know, that's real. (laughs) Um, Change fatigue happens when change is coming at you so fast and furious, you can't ever settle into the new normal before you've got more change. And if people didn't believe it was real before the, the last two years of the pandemic, I think everyone sees that it's real. And we're actually hitting right now incredible levels of burnout in the workplace around the world because we can dig deep into our biological reserves to get through something dramatic. But those reserves are about six months long the time that a natural disaster would normally start to kind of clean up and get a little better. Well, the pandemic has gone on for so long and people have been digging deep for so long that this is why we're hitting such incredible levels of burnout, mental health issues, and ultimately it's what's driving the great resignation. They're predicting that 55% of the workforce is going to change jobs in the next 12 months. That's absolutely fascinating, isn't it? That we've got a six month uh, clock, so to speak. And after that, we, we, we start to our attitudes start to change and we can we can no longer really cope in the same ways necessarily um you you help talent professionals brit discover how to use neuroscience to unlock the potential of their people and their organization and and you began hinting at this in your last answer but uh i'd like to talk to you a bit more about that now can you can you share with me 
um, some more discoveries about the brain and some ways to harness human biology to bring out the best in your talent? Yeah, well, you know, I kind of talk about them in the three books. So Wired to Grow is all about learning and how we help people learn and maximize their ability to grow and change. Um, and, and become their best selves. In Wired to Resist, we get into the brain science of why we resist change and how to help people be more adaptive and resilient. And then I wrote another book on teams and how we bring out the best in teams and why psychological safety and inclusion are so important. So a lot of those themes are super important. The other thing that I would say is in addition to talent professionals learning these concepts, we have to get them passed into the hands of our managers because our managers are the ones that create the day-to-day -day experience for 90% of your workforce. And if we don't upskill managers, a lot of problems happen at that level. In fact, one, one study by Gallup found that only 10% of people have the innate skill to be a great manager. But good managing is a skill that can be learned. So we just have to be really intentional about putting managers through very conscientious manager training. And I recently finished building my Brain Aware Manager training. So I've been super excited to work on that. It's just been released. Um, but we know that if we teach managers kind of the brain science of how to bring out the best in themselves, and others, they can really up-level the whole team. They can really drive success on all kinds of metrics that matter. So I think, you know, in addition to us as a profession learning these things for ourselves, we really need to think about how do we get those in the hands of managers and our employees, because then we're all playing and, and headed toward the same goal and we're working together in concert with each other. And having a better understanding of, of, of brain science, the, the benefits don't stop at work, right? How can it help you in your personal life as well? Well, absolutely. I mean, learning how to do self-regulation, learning how mindfulness and gratitude can help you manage stress. You know, one of the sessions that's in my manager training is emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence, just the ROI on that is phenomenal. In fact, study after study has shown that if you teach people emotional intelligence skills, the return on investment to the organization is well over a thousand percent consistently. You know, emotional intelligence is being able to read emotion in yourself and others, and then build healthy relationships with yourself and others. And so it really predicts 90% of the, the competencies that make great leaders and great managers. From your book, Wired to Grow, Brit, you state, technology has completely transformed learning, both what we know about the brain science of learning, as well as how we design and deliver learning experiences. New tools have made learning not only faster, but also more effective and affordable. Yeah, we live in the future, everyone. Things are more affordable now. Can you share some best practices and next practices as well in, in learning and, and how that's shaping talent development worldwide? Well, two things. I like to remind everything that just because there's a shiny new tool or platform, that in itself does not make great learning. You know, sometimes the best learning tool is a PDF document that you make available to someone. And sometimes the best learning tool is a very immersive virtual reality experience. So it really just depends on what behavior are you trying to shift and what's needed and what skill level are your learners coming in at and where are you trying to move them. So I really like 
you know, talent pros to be conscientious and thoughtful about what, when to use which tool. But we do know that there are some best practices that no matter what kind of learning you're building, these are kind of what things that align with how the brain learns. So one is our human attention span is 20 minutes maximum before we start to fade and, and tune out. And so if you build your presentations or your learning experiences in 15 to 20 minute chunks of content, followed by a processing activity that really drives a much better retention of the content and pushes it into long-term memory. Um, that's why micro learning videos are so helpful. We also learn by watching others. So we have mirror neurons and it drives observational learning. So wherever you can have one of your best performers demonstrate something or you film them doing it, that's really scalable and it helps people learn. Um, we also know that when you hook learning, new learning to something people already know, it's much stickier. They're much more likely to retain it. Neuroscientists call these schemas. They're like little file folders in our brain of stuff we already know. So you can leverage, you know, shared experiences in your company. I like to look for metaphors or analogies that kind of everyone knows. So like my change training is built around the metaphor of hiking or mountain climbing, because even if you've never done it, you know what it is. And so I tell a, a really strong visual story in that whole training solution. Um, the schema I use for emotional intelligence is a visual story around locks and keys because it's the mother skill that unlocks so much success. So playing with that kind of thing can make learning much more sticky. And then ultimately, learning designers have to think about themselves as habit designers. We really need to pay attention to what are the words and actions that someone needs to be doing if the learning is successful if we identify that, then we can work backwards to create the learning solution that gets them there. And part of that is making sure we build in practice. It takes 40 to 50 repetitions for a new habit to form and be grooved into kind of an autopilot um, experience. And so a lot of training will do a lot of talking about the concept, but not enough doing of it. And so really giving people a chance to not only practice, but get well on their way to 40 to 50 repetitions makes a difference. And then finally, you know, good learning solutions, meet learners where they're at. I really love doing the blended learning format or the flipped classroom where you have people learn a little bit on their own and then they come to an experience and you really use that time to do hands-on practice um, and applying it to their real lives. And then you can do a post-learning event where you extend that learning. And so this is where we can use lots of different tools to create kind of a really robust learning experience for our people. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And just finally for today, Britt, how can how can our listeners connect with you? So maybe that's email, LinkedIn, maybe you're super cool and on TikTok. And how can they learn more about Seventh Mind Inc.? Well, you can find me at either of my websites, seventhmindinc.com or my name, brittandreata.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, so look for my name in those places. While I'm an avid watcher of TikTok, I do not create TikToks, <laughs> uh, but you'll find me active on those other social media channels. Perfect. Well, this has been a lovely conversation. Thank you so much. I've learned a lot, um, and uh, I'd love to get you back on again in the future. Thank you so much, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.